Welcome to the Growing in Christ podcast, where we are rooted in living water and growing closer to our purpose in Christ. I am your host, Shador Foy. Now let's get growing. Today, we are on chapter 20, and I encourage you all to grab your Bibles, your pencils, your pens, and all that crafty stuff, and let's dive in with verse 1. Wine is a mocker. Intoxicating drink arouses brawling, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. So, I am glad that we started off with that verse. Um, I know that a lot of people ask, well, is it bad? You know, people ask about wine and different drugs. I have had personally where somebody asked me about, like, is drugs really bad? Like, did God really say? But, um... I believe that drugs and wine is bad because it takes you out of character and it it just you're not wise you're not thinking straight you know intoxicating drink arouses brawling it arouses all that stuff you know when people get into fights because there's nothing holding them back you know there's no thoughts they're just acting out of character and acting out of instinct and quote-unquote free if you will and they do what they want to do so yes those things as far as wine and um alcohol and drugs those things are bad because they put you in a different place you know they don't they don't allow you to have that second thought I mean even when we can have that second thought we are quick to running to evil so what will we do with drugs what would we do with alcohol? You know, we'd be quicker to run to destruction. It is it is a way that the enemy can walk in because we're not on our guard, you know? And God never wants us to be off our guard. It is so vital that we stay on guard at all times. Not saying that we always have to fight and be so um, tired because we're always trying to fight the enemy and different things. But it is a task, even when we're not intoxicated, it is a task to not walk into the path of destruction. So we have to realize that it's it's going to be easier to walk into those paths if you're intoxicated, if you're drunk, if you're not thinking straight, if you're if you're high, if you can't really think straight, if you can't, if your spirit isn't really on guard if you're not truly guarding your spirit or guarding your heart and then verse 2 says the wrath of the king is like the roaring of a lion whoever provokes him to anger sins against his own life verse 3 says it is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can start a quarrel so it's honorable for you to stop fighting with somebody you know for you to just be like okay let's agree to disagree that's honorable because there are people out here who you're never you could fight with them for hours and you are never going to get to that place of common ground you are never going to get to that place of understanding and it's not so because it's it's impossible but it's because they don't want to get to that place you have to recognize your opponent you know you have to recognize who you're fighting with they don't want to be like okay let's agree no, they want to be like, I'm right, I'm better than you, my way is better than your way, I'm above you, I'm exalted, you're below me. 
Some people have that agenda. And that's why, that's why sometimes when you fight with people, verbal fighting gets to physical fighting because those foolish people, they know that they're wrong, but they want their way to be above your way. And if they can't express that verbally, because you're talking wisdom, you're talking things that make sense, you're saying things that are wise, they're just being foolishness. You know, they they love to talk about how they feel versus facts. So they say, well, I feel like this. They're talking feelings and you're talking facts. And they realize that they can't compete with that. So they're going to try and compete with that in another way. And sometimes that can be more physical than it is verbal. So it's honorable just to walk away because that's why they say physical fighting solves nothing. Because just because I say that this chair is red and you say that it's blue and then you fight me on it, what is that going to solve? Just because you're stronger than me doesn't mean that the chair is blue, you know? So that's just their mentality and their way of thinking because they're not looking to be correct. They're just looking to be better than. And then in verse four, it says, the sluggard will not plow because of winter. Therefore, he will beg during the harvest and have nothing. Verse 5 says, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Verse 6 says, Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? So, verse 6 is talking about how most people will talk themselves up. Most people will not say, No, I'm, I'm not that good. You know, I I do this. I Most people, most men will not humble themselves. Everybody can talk themselves up, but it's like, who can find a faithful man? It's easy to talk about it. It's easy to talk about how righteous and how good you are. But when your goodness, when your righteousness is put to the test, will you be faithful? You know, will you, will you stand the test? You know, will you pass? And that is what um, we have to make sure. We have to make sure that our actions speak louder than our words. It's kind of like that saying, a king doesn't have to go around saying, I'm the king, I'm the king, I'm the king, I'm the king. No, because he lives in the castle. He has a crown on his head. He sits on the throne. He knows that he's the king. He just has to sit there and be the king. He doesn't tell you that he's the king. No, he shows that he's the king. You know, that's how we have to be as far as being faithful people. We don't tell you that we're faithful. We don't talk ourselves up. We don't be like, look at me. Look at me with a faithful person do this, with a faithful person not do this. You have to just show with your actions. Yes, I'm faithful. Yes, I'm good. Yes, I may make mistakes, but I'm good in this area. But I can do this, but I can bounce back up. That's what we have to do. We have to let our actions speak louder than our words. And then in verse 7, it says, The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Verse 8 says, A king who sits on the throne of judgment scatters all evil with his words. Verse 9 says, Who can say, I have made my heart clean. I am pure from sin. No one can say that you know nobody can say I have made my heart clean I am pure from sin and a lot of times today we try to say that you know 
a lot of people try to say that. A lot of people try to say, well, I have a pure heart and I'm pure and I'm clean and I'm righteous and I'm this. And there's a lot of programs and a lot of books about how to clean your heart and how to be a righteous person. But nobody can do that but God. You know, nobody can do that but Jesus Christ. There, Nobody has the power to clean a heart but Jesus. You know, nobody has the power to relieve somebody from sin but Jesus. And you can't do it without him because you, you're going to, our hearts are wicked. Our hearts are dirty. Our hearts are filthy. We, we don't even want to be righteous. You know, when you look at the pure heart, you, you don't even desire that. A man-made desire being that manly desire, that's not going to be your desire to be righteous. Because at some point, you're going to be like, I want to do what I want to do. Sometimes I don't want to feed the hungry. Because I don't know, I don't want to give money to the homeless because I don't know if they're going to smoke it up and dope it up. You know, I don't know if they're going to buy drinks and alcohol with it. So I don't I don't want to give my money to them. I, I got better things to do than go to the homeless shelter. I got better things to do than to help out. What about my life? What about what I want to do? Those thoughts pop into your head. You know, you're not always going to want to be pure at heart. You're not always want going to want to give and be at that place of humbleness. You know, it was like when Jesus was talking to the rich man and he was like, you know, to have all this, you just got to leave all your stuff behind and take up your cross and follow me. And he walked away sad because his heart wasn't pure. His heart didn't desire that purity. He didn't desire that. That's not, that was not in his mindset. That was not a desire of his heart. And people have to realize the things of God truly aren't desires of our hearts. I mean, honestly, before I knew God and knew the things of God, it wouldn't have been a desire of my heart to be wealthy. You know, there's there's a time in my church where we're talking about how God desires us to be wealthy and for us to upgrade and walk in that status, walk in that kingdom status and to get closer to God. That wouldn't have been a desire of my heart because I would have been like, honestly, God, I don't know. I don't want to take a risk like that. I'm scared. I don't want to step out on. I don't want to step out and do that. But just God cleansing my heart and God allowing me to gain knowledge and different things. It is more easy now for me to step out on faith and be like, okay, God, if you desire it for me, then I desire it for myself. If it is a desire of your heart for me, then it will be a desire of my heart as well. So sometimes we don't truly have the desires that we need to have. We don't desire a clean heart. So we can't do that. We don't desire to be saved from sin. Sometimes there are certain sins that at some point I didn't desire to be delivered from. I it took it took my spirit to intercede for me. It took Christ to intercede for me to talk to me and to deal with me because there were some sins that I was battling with that I was like, God, I don't think I want deliverance from this. I don't I don't believe that I want to be delivered from this. And it took my spirit's intercession and Christ's intercession for me and that pulling of me 
for me to come into the place, okay, yes, I do need to be delivered from this, you know? So we can't do that for ourselves because only Jesus can do that. Because truly and honestly, only Jesus cares about us enough to do that. We don't care about ourselves to want to be delivered from our sins. Like in verse one, where it was talking about wine is a mocker and just about intoxication starts brawling. So many people don't want to be delivered from alcohol. There are people who don't want to be delivered from drugs. There are people who don't want to be delivered from fighting, who don't want to be delivered from sexual immorality, who don't want to be delivered from being foolish. There are so many people. There are scoffers. They don't want to be delivered from that. They don't want deliverance from that. So God cares about us more than we do. And he sees behind the curtains and he sees the destruction and what that would lead to. And he cares about us so much that he makes those intercessions for us and that he pulls us to that place of caring about ourselves. And then in verse 10, it says, diverse weights and diverse measures. They are both alike an abomination to the Lord. Verse 11 says, even a child is known by his deeds, by whether what he does is pure and right. Verse 12 says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye the Lord has made both of them. Verse 13 says, Do not love sleep lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with bread. So verse 13 is a real good verse for me. I'm thinking that this might be one of my verses to really stick with because this is something that I have dealt with for a long time. You know, I just really love sleep, but here recently i've been so hating it because even though i do it though even though i sleep like a lot and stuff i truly been starting to like not hate resting or anything but just hating how much that i love sleep because it takes away from my day and i've gotten better you know i used to go to sleep every day after school i used to sleep my weekends away like i could sleep for 16 to 24 hours if somebody would let me you know i would just sleep all the time and i knew it was like oh my gosh it's taking my day away i can't i can't actually enjoy life i just felt like i wasn't enjoying life because i always felt that tie to being asleep and it wasn't even like good rest you know i'd sleep for hours and then wake up just not rested and just more tired than i was when i went to bed and it's just like that's not life that's not living so um but in the second part of the verse when it says open your eyes and you will be satisfied with bread that is so true because it's like god i know there's more life than just sleeping and resting all the time and sleeping my days away and my hours away Lord, I want to open my eyes and be satisfied with bread. I want to open my eyes and wake up and smell the roses. You know, I want to get to that place where I enjoy life. And as I'm saying this, I'm truly praying this because it's like, God, I want to get to that place where I enjoy life. And I've been I've been really thinking about that. And just now recently, it's been really a prayer of mine that, God, I want to enjoy the life that you have given me you know I don't want to sleep it away I don't want to worry it away I don't want to fear it away to be depressed and you know just hope that every day just go by super fast because I don't want to live it no there's precious 
miracles and blessings in each and every day, Lord, and I want to be a part of them. And so, you know, that's my prayer to God because that is something that I've really been dealing with and battling with. So, yeah. So if you would like to put somebody on your prayer list, you know, I would love to be on your prayer list just praying about that, um, enjoying life. And as you pray it for me, just pray it for yourself too because I will be praying it back in return for you all just being able to enjoy and live life because God wants us to enjoy it. Though there is adversity and different things, we can have heaven on earth. You know, there was a verse that I was reading and it was in Psalms and it was talking about, um, I would have fainted unless I believe that I could see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I, um, we were at school in Bible class and I was like, that is such a testimony for me because I was at a point where I was like, life is not worth living. Sure, I got to be good and I got to be righteous and I got to fight the devil up until I get to go to heaven and then everything's going to be good from there. But no, we can see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There is something to wake up for now. You know, you don't have to be separating yourself from God. I meant separating yourself from the world so you can be pure and so you don't have to face adversity so you can be by yourself and just be good up until Jesus comes back and then truly live. No, God wants us to live here. He wants us to live life. And he said he came to give us life so that we may have it more abundantly. You know, that's what Jesus said thousands and thousands of years ago. So he's saying not 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 life with him in heaven, no life with him here and now. We're supposed to live that abundant life here and now on this earth. That's why Jesus came. And that's um the thing that I find out more and more as I go deeper and deeper in God is that we have to take the word literal and also that um God desires so much for us and we have to recognize that the things of Christ, we cannot just let him die in vain. You know, we so many times, I mean, me personally, as a Christian, I was saying to Jesus, you died in vain. You know, yes, you can deliver me from all my sins, but I, I'd rather do it. I'd rather, I'd rather do my sins and live in wickedness. You know, yes, you, you died to give me life more abundantly, but right now I hate life. And I'm just, I'm just going day to day. Can't wait to the day that it's all over. You know, yes, Lord, you, you died so that I could be more than a conqueror so that I could have that connection with God. But I don't, I don't think I want to spend time picking up the Bible. I don't think I want to spend time praying to you. So, yep. Thanks, but no thanks. You died in vain. God didn't just, just didn't just die so that we could have a ticket into heaven. That's not. That's not what Jesus' crucifixion was all about. He didn't just die on the cross and live and came to earth just so we can have an admit one into heaven. You know, we know that's not why he died. You know, he died for so much greater than that. He died so that we could live an abundant life here on earth. And we owe him you know, we always talk about, well, God, I can't accept your forgiveness because, you know, I don't do anything to earn it. If you truly want to show God and give back to God in what little bit way you can, 
then just live life and don't let him die in vain. Repent for your sins. Ask for forgiveness. Do not let him die in vain. You know, just live every day happy. You know, just do do not love sleep. Lest you come to poverty, open your eyes and you will be satisfied with bread. Read his word. You know, just hold this word close to your heart and show God, show Jesus. You didn't die in vain. I, I'm not going to let you die in vain. I'm going to experience every little thing that you have promised oh, for my life. I am going to live that out. And that's what we just have to do. And as like I say all the time um, with the growing in Christ, it's not just for you all, but it's for me as well. This is a journey that I'm taking as well. And I wanted you all to be along for the ride, you know, with me and um, I'm just within your own personal journey. So as I'm talking to you, I'm just talking to myself as well. I'm just like, let let us let us not show Jesus that he died in vain. And then in verse 14, it says, it is good for nothing, cries the buyer, but when he has gone his way, then he boasts. Verse 15 says, there is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Verse 16 says, take the garment of one who is surety for a stranger and hold it as a pledge when it is for a seductress. Verse excuse me, verse 17 says, bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but after excuse me, afterward, his mouth will be filled with gravel. Verse 18 says, every purpose is established by counsel. By wise counsel, wage war. Verse 19 says, he who goes about as a table bearer reveals secrets. Oh, I'm sorry, as a tail bearer reveals secret. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. So verse 19 is talking about those people who if they'll if they'll tell somebody else's business, they'll tell yours. You know, if they'll if they'll always have the tea on somebody else, they'll have the tea on you too. You know, you should not associate with one who flatters with his lips because he's always trying to flatter you to get your secrets so they can gossip about you, so they can talk about you they want to they want something to talk about so they'll try and flatter you they'll try and say about how they're a great friend and this that and other they'll try to back you up on all your situations but then they'll they'll go and talk to somebody else about all your secrets just like they came to you with somebody else's secrets and we have to recognize when people do something to another person they're going to do the same thing to you because wickedness has no filter you know and man has their own ways man might have their own agenda but when you when you become into cahoots with wickedness and with the devil the devil doesn't want you to stop with your enemies he doesn't want you to talk bad because at first at some point they weren't your enemies you know at some point they were just some random person and now the enemy wants you to talk about them but the enemy is going to want you to talk about your friends He's going to want you to talk about your family because, see, he's not just going after one person. He doesn't want one person to be destroyed. No, he wants mankind to be destroyed. He wants every living being on this earth to be destroyed. 
So he's not going to stop at the people at the mall that you don't know about. When you start gossiping and talking about them, he's not going to stop there. No, soon you're going to be talking about your friends. Soon you're going to be talking about your family. You know, soon you're going to be talking about the ones that want to see you succeed. Because that's what the devil wants to do. That's that's the devil's agenda. See, you might have an agenda just to talk about the people at the mall. But the devil knows, okay, maybe maybe I can't get them to talk about their friends or their family right now. But guess what? I'll, I'll get them to talk about the random people at the mall. And then, and then I'll get them to joke about their family and talk about their family with their friends. And then when they're with their family, I'll get them to talk about their friends. And then when they're amongst other friends, I'll get them to talk about everybody. And then they'll just be gossiping about everybody. And then I'll get them to gossip about the people in the church. You know, that's, that's the mentality that the devil has. You know, it's like that building up to it. You know, like I said in the last podcast, when you punish a child and first you be like, time out. Then you're like, you get popped. Then you're like, you get a whooping. That's how the devil does with us, only not with punishment. But it's like, okay, if I can entice you with this, then I know I can entice you with that. And if I can entice you with that, then I can entice you with this and just go higher and higher and higher. That's why it never stops at that one thing unless you make it. You know, unless you make it stop, because we have to recognize that the devil always has a hidden agenda. Wickedness has an agenda of its own. We we can't just use wickedness. Wickedness is not a tool that you can just use. No, that's something that has a mind of its own. That's something that has its own agenda. When you when you pair up and shake hands with wickedness, wickedness has their own agenda. And guess what? Their agenda is to kill you, too. You know, they go and kill your family, your friends, and other people, and they want to kill you too. Because you're not special. You're not special to the devil. You, He uses you as a vessel and to destroy a whole bunch of other people. And then when that's done, he wants you to destroy yourself. And matter of fact, he does double duty. While you're destroying other people, he's working overtime to destroy you as well. So when you're when you're finished doing what he wants to do when you're finished killing all the other people you'll already be dead you know you'll already be dead inside your spirit will already be dead so we have to make sure that we know who our enemy is and know that our enemy never wants to be our friend and he never wants to have us on um his side being his partner no the devil does not work with partners no he does not want us you know and then verse 20 it says whoever curses his father or his mother his lamp will be put out in deep darkness verse 21 says an inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end verse 22 says do not say i will recompense evil wait for the lord and he will save you so let's not say that we're going to repay evil you know we it's not our place to say oh yeah i'll i'll get them back for this i'm gonna plot a scheme because that's what the devil wants us to do see he wants us to he wants somebody to spark that in us and then we be like okay we're gonna fight evil with evil 
you know, because that shows, because then as soon as we, as soon as we state that in our hearts, as soon as we say, oh, I'm going to get them back. As soon as we say that out of our mouths, as soon as we think about it in our minds, the devil instantly goes before God and is like, God, see, they don't trust you. They don't trust you. See, because this evil came against them and now they want to repay it. So they don't trust you. They don't, they don't believe that you're the God, um, that, um, reigns with vengeance. They don't believe that you're the God that, uh, will that vengeance is yours they don't believe that you're the god that will stick up for them that will protect them they don't believe that you're the god that will um give repay evil and punish evil they don't believe that that is what the devil goes before god saying when we do that and of course god knows all and he sees all but god has the devil in his ear 24 7 accusing us so we have to sit back and be like i trust you god so, so we give the devil some time to rest his lips and shut up. So when he goes before God and he tries to accuse us, God can say, oh, oh, you, you mean my child who's sitting back trusting in me? You, you mean my child who's fasting and praying because they're, they're believing me to come to their defense? You, you're talking about that child. Oh, you, you mean the child who, who blesses their enemies? Oh, oh, you're talk you're talking about that child? Oh, okay. Okay. You know, so we have to, you know, so God can brag. Cause every time we trust in God, every time we fast, every time we pray, every time we're in church, every time we're worshiping him, every time we're living the way that he wants us to live and showing him that he didn't that he didn't send his son in vain, every time we do that, that allows the devil some time to shut up and rest his lips so God can brag. You know, that allows the devil some time to sit back and listen to God brag on us and talk about, oh, well, my kids, you know, you, you done talked about what the, what the other ones do. You know, you done talked about what bad they done done. But let me tell you about what good they've done. See, they're praying right now. You know, they're asking for forgiveness for all the stuff that you've accused them of. So, you know, they're they're praying and they're actually fasting and praying that they be kept from those same things. You know, that gives the devil some time to be quiet so God can brag on us. So you have to think about it when you're in that position. You have to say, well, do do I want to trust in God? Do I want God to brag on me or do I want the devil to accuse me? Do do I want in heaven what's going on in heaven right now do i want the devil to just be running his chaps in heaven just accusing me and talking about me and talking about my transgressions or do i want him to be quiet and allow god to brag on me and every time that you're in that situation of trusting god or not trusting god believing god not believing god um praying to god not praying to god you have to think do i want God to brag on me or do I want the devil to accuse me you have to think about that and then in verse 23 it says diverse weights are an abomination to the Lord and a false balance is not good verse 24 says a man's steps are of the Lord how then can a man understand his own way so it's talking about we are not made to be by ourselves I am um, I remember uh, giving, I don't remember if I did it on the podcast. I might have a few episodes ago when I gave the TV analogy about how a TV won't work 
unless you plug it in. You know, even though it's good for watching TV and it's a, it could be a smart TV and on the box it talks about 4K video and, and, uh, Netflix, Hulu and Google Cast and all that other stuff. And you got Roku and you got the Fire Stick and all that stuff. And you can watch tons of movies and thousands of channel. But if you don't plug that in to the outlet, you, you just have a TV that even though, 4K video, a smart TV, Netflix, Hulu, it can do so much. Connect to the Wi-Fi, watch YouTube on it. So much. But if it's not plugged into the outlet, it's no good. It's no use. It works perfectly. But if it's not plugged into the outlet, there's nothing. You can't watch that 4K video. You can't watch that Netflix. You can't watch Hulu. And that's the same thing with man. A man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way? A TV only works with electricity. It's not going to show Netflix without it being plugged in to the TV, you know. And that's the same thing with us. We're not going to know righteousness unless we tap into God. You know, we're not going to understand ourselves. We cannot we cannot understand ourselves. We don't some things we do, we don't understand why we do them because a man's steps are of the Lord and we can't understand our own way. And that's why certain things we can't figure out. We we can't figure out why we have emotions and why things affect us the way that we do. We we can't understand. There's certain things that I would not be able to understand without God. So, you know, if those people who are trying to understand their bodies, understand mankind, understand the things of the world, and they don't have God, you can't understand those things because a man's steps are of the Lord. Whether you're righteous or whether you're wicked, God lays out your steps. You know, God lays out the things that you do and he laid them out in a way so we can't understand without him because God is understanding God is knowledge we are we're not going to be able to understand those things without God you know but when you have God and when you're listening to God and when you submit to God when you fear the Lord and you respect him and you're in awe of him he allows you to understand those things. But if you're trying to do it on your own, if you're trying to be like, well, I want to understand myself. I want to have confidence in myself without God. I want to be able to love purely without God. I want to be able to do this without God. You can't because you're not going to be able to understand those things. So we have to, you know, that's a little food for thought. And even if you want to share with somebody else, you know, and just look up this verse, this verse of Proverbs twenty. Chapter 20, I meant Proverbs 20, chapter 20, verse 24. If you just have to like read this to somebody and really give them insight on it, like you, you're not going to be able to find what you're looking for without God. The Bible clearly states all that stuff. The, that is why the Bible is so amazing because here it is thousands and thousands of years later and this still rings true. This still affects every situation generations after generations after generation and this still can speak to anybody any generation any person any age that is a blessing that is something 
to stand upon. That is something that is firm. Nothing nothing that has even been added to. You know, certain things have lasted for years and years and years and decades and decades and decades, but they've been tweaked a little bit. You know, they've been they've been um you know, they found new discoveries and they were like, Oh, let's add to this and let's add to that. But this this word, this word of God, it has not been added to. You know, this word of God has not been there's no extra books in here there's no revised versions of the word you know it stays true it stays affecting every situation it's not one situation one person that you really can't say oh that's true that's real and it's not it's not fake you know it's not fictional it's real it's real lives it's real knowledge it's real insight and that's what makes it such a blessing and that's just we serve such an amazing creator for the creator to anoint people to make the word of god and to make it into writing and they being the people they being the writers you know and getting that spiritual insight from God and writing God just using them that is such a blessing that just shows how great and awesome our God is and then in verse 25 it says it is a snare for a man to devout rashly something as holy and afterward to reconsider his vows so we should never say oh that's holy and then reconsider and be like oh no that's actually that's wicked you know, that's why we have to walk with discernment because it is a snare for a man. You know, it our words trap us. And like, especially, I keep on stressing this, but 2020 is the year of manifestation of what we speak. So our words are going to trap us. You know, we're going to see the manifestation of our words and they can be a happy sight or an ugly sight. You know, they they can be something that is bitter or something that is sweet to us. And we just have to think about that. And then in verse 26 it says. A wise king sifts out the wicked. And brings the threshing wheel over them. Verse 27 says. The spirit of man is a lamp of the Lord. Searching all the inner depths of his heart. So God always searches our hearts. And then in verse 28 it says. Mercy and truth preserve the king. And by loving kindness the uphold. He, sorry. He upholds his throne. Verse 29 says, the glory of young men is their strength, and the splendor of old men is their gray head. Verse 30 says, blows that hurt cleanse away evil, as do stripes the inner death of the heart. So, we have to realize that um, when it says, the first part of 30, where it says, blows that hurt cleanse away evil. Sometimes, we have to get hurt. You know, like being a child and when you get punished. And that hurts. You know, your your parent is not going to be like, okay, I'm going to take away your homework and you can't do your homework anymore because you snuck out. And I'm, I'm going to take that away from you. You know, they're not... <clears throat> They're not going to do that. Or they're going to be like, okay, no vegetables for the whole week. All you can eat is desserts now. You know what? Nope, because you, cause you went to that party and I told you not to. They're, they're not going to do that. But it's those blows that hurt that cleanse away evil. It's when they take away your phone 
and that hurts you deep and that that reminds you okay I'm never I'm never sneaking out again it's it's when they take away your television when they take away your dessert that's a blow that hurts and that's gonna cleanse away that evil that's gonna be like okay I'm never going to that party ever again it's it's gotta hurt and it says that as do stripes the inner depths of the heart that that hurts your heart you know your phone gets taken away you might cry you might get angry because that that hurts your heart that stripes your heart that leaves a mark on your heart to remember that correction when you were younger if you got popped if you got timeouts you know if you had to sit down if you got grounded that stuff hurt your heart. That that felt like your life was over, you know, when you had to sit down for those five measly minutes, you know, that that hurt when you had to take two minutes off a of recess. That was like the end of the world. That hit your heart. That was a blow that that hurt and that cleansed away evil. So we got to make sure that, you know, we have to know, actually, we have to know that when God punishes us, when that hurts, because that's the only thing that's going to cleanse away evil. It's not with God's God is a loving and kind and merciful God. And how much of a loving, kind and merciful God he is. He can he whispers to us and he's like, Come on, you don't you don't wanna sin. Come on, just come to me. I'm I'm the more than enough. I I give you pleasures um that don't just please your soul for a hot second, but that please your spirit. I am pleasing unto you. Though in the Bible where he cries out and says that so much, there has to come a time where God has to give that blow that hurts, where we where we have to reap what we sow, where we have to see the destruction, where we have to taste the bitterness of the words that we have spoken, the bitterness of the wickedness that we have done. There comes a point where we have to feel that blow that hurts. Though God is the God that can stand right in front of that blow and take it like it's nothing and protect us, God knows that that blow that hurts is going to be the thing that cleanses away that evil. So that's what's got to happen. You know, some people got to experience that blow that hurts. So that is the end of chapter 20 and it blessed my soul. I know that it blessed my soul and I really do pray that it blessed you all soul. and I pray that you guys are really just listening to this word and really diving deep in it and getting an understanding. Like I really do pray that for you all that you guys are just getting that understanding and just me as well that I really grasp because that is one desire of my heart to really grasp on this word not just read it not just um preach it or teach it but just to really grasp it into my spirit and to hold it tight unto my heart so yes this has been a true blessing to me and i'm so grateful that you all are here even the ones that come later after the 31 days i am so excited for all of you all like oh you guys bless my heart so much and i pray that i am doing the same for you all. I am your host, Shadora Foy, and thanks for joining the Growing in Christ podcast. The growing does not stop here. You can find the Growing in Christ blog on our website that can be found in our bio. Not only does the Growing in Christ website house our blog, it also shows you where you can find us on our social media. 
Always remember Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. For through this verse, we know that if we keep on trusting in God, simultaneously, we'll keep on growing in God.